Hello, hello. We are back. Another episode of The Average Jays coming at you. I'm Jay, Justin Ruiz. And I'm Jay, Jeremy Francois. So today we're going to throw another spoiler cast at you of The Batman. The Batman. I was like, wait. Yeah, I was like, that sounds like... But it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Everyone will love that. Everyone is broody. And has dark, 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 dark tones and it's gritty. deep voices and their vengeance. And it's dark. Did we say that already? So we, <laughs> so we are going to break it's down misty. Matt Reeves's The Batman. Yes. Starring Robert Pattinson and Zoe Bella Kravavitz. So off the bat, I really feel like this movie is like a nine and a half out of ten. How about you? Know, you? What do you, what are your great? What's you know, your great? It's, mine, it's it's between nine and ten as well. I, you know, when when two of my coworkers saw it, they were they gave it the rating of it was meh, and I was like, no way, no, nah, they're wrong. No way. I I fell in love with that trailer, and it, I I went and saw it, and it was great. Like I thought it was good. It and as a as a film, it was great. Mm-hmm. As a nerd, it was what we wanted yes. since. Uh, the Dark Knight trilogy. Yeah, I had like the highest expectations for this from like the teaser and all that. Uh, and I think it got, it met all those expectations. Yeah, I was not disappointed at all. I think yeah. all the characters were expertly executed. I think Robert Pattinson did a fantastic job. In and you didn't a, have any qualms with it either because I didn't have yeah. qualms with him when he was casted because I no. felt the same way when Heath Ledger was casted as Joker, I was like, why are people having beef with him? Same thing with Michael Keaton. People had beef with yep. him because he did Beetlejuice and now he's a staple. It's just like, I'm, I, I was just so blown away at how cool the whole movie was. You know, it was definitely a grittier, more visceral take on the Batman. Like all the fight scenes were amazing, bone crunchy greatness. Um, but let's actually get into let's yeah. break down the story. So right now, this is your last jumping off point. We have reached the point of no return. We will be going buy into your tickets right now and then um and then fly, come back to the episode back into our podcast. Because from here on out, it is one billion percent spoilers. Yeah, I spoiled the whole movie of Morbius to to Justin, but you know, that's a whole other story we can talk about. <laughs> that's a different Batman. So <laughs> so Right off the rip, we open up and you know what? And now that I'm thinking about it, it What's just up? literally flew into my head. It might be an homage to 89 Batman because what is both both movies open with a fight scene. Like they both fight thugs in the dark. So yeah, you can say that. Like, like you know what it is? And I'm not gonna say it, you're not wrong, and it's not like a reach because the we spoke about this yesterday. This movie was took a lot of inspiration from every medium, even video yes. games. And it's like it could have easily failed. And you're not yes. wrong. It could have, it could have, it could have gotten that homage from the 89 Batman. Now that yeah, you know, I just think, you like, that, I'm like, yeah, I can see that. Like the scenes weren't exactly the same in 89 yeah. Batman. He fights, I think, two thugs in like a, in a, in an alley. I think they try and like steal a purse or something. Yeah. And then in this one, 
um, Batman swoops in on like a gang, and they're whoa, trying whoa, to. Whoa, whoa. He doesn't swoop in. He walks in. He walks in. Yes, it's actually to, very with the music to uh, from Michael Giacchino. It is very. It's a very menacing walk, and he does this walk a couple of times in the movie, and it's such a good payoff. Can I, I love tell you it. what that walk reminds me of? What a cowboy. I love that. Oh, for sure. Like just straight up Clint Eastwood. Just and you hear yep. and the, the the jingling. And it's not jingling like the the spurs, but more like a it's a his heavy, like outfit. It's like his it's all, outfit. You hear the heavy yeah. jingle. And it's not like it's not a it's just not a, like a jingle. But it's more it's like not a like heavy. a jingle jangle. It's like the rustling of yeah. his heavy like, like armor. The, the, the little metal and... clanging of his, his armor and stuff. So in when I when I saw it, um, there's one scene in particular where it just reminded me of Darth Vader, and like his scene in Rogue One, where he goes off, and in, in what part? So in the beginning, his oh, walk through, and then also later on, when he walks from the Batmobile with the fire behind him. Oh, okay, I got it. It's it's so reminiscent of that scene from Rogue One. I see what you're um, saying, and it's very like. It's a slow moving thing. Like, you know, death is coming. That's what it feels or like. Or near death is coming because Batman don't kill. Facts. And, and this thing. Batman, like, compared to, like, um, Batman Begins, where he opted out of saving um, Rachel Ghoul. Yeah. Um, technically, he, he, he let him die. It's like a kill by not helping. It's um, like kill I, by proxy. Like, yeah. he, just, he just let him. Like Battingson's yeah. Batman did, I don't think he killed anyone. He's struggling with that line though. I mean, he's just... beating the ever loving crap out of. And I think that's just a a, a a a movie film choice where it's like I'm gonna hear like the sound effects of the crunching and the bone mangling, and it's a good choice. And I mean, it is Batman in his second year, right? So he's still kind of new at all this. He's still finding his way. So, and you can see it, like his fight style is very dirty, you know, like it's very like gritty, dirty hand to hand. It's not like clean martial arts or anything like that. It's very much so a street fight. That's what it is. It's street. It is. Fighting. It's more Daredevil. Like yeah. the, the Marvel's uh, Netflix Daredevil, Disney plus Daredevil, which I have, whatever have you. Um, and speaking of the fighting, what I like about this, like, look, Nolan is great with his trilogy. It's a great trilogy, but it has uh, things that I didn't really care for. Um, one, like the fighting, like, and we all know this, when it comes to action sequences, certain action sequences, specifically uh, hand-to-hand combat, that's one of Nolan's weak points. Um, and, you know, I'm not, a, I'm not in the cinematography director chair, or I don't have those eyes yet. Uh, he probably doesn't have those eyes. Where Matt Reeves, he's able to be. It's it's not like Winter Soldier, but it's it's visceral. And like I said, the bone crunching, you hear everything because, and the sound effects as well. Like I've never really praised sound effects, you know, in this in in like Batman movies. Like that and was really good. Um, I think the good yeah. the the whole thing with the sound effects also because I noticed that too. The movie is. I don't want to say it's silent, but it's very quiet. Like there's not a lot of filler noise happening. It's very much. It's, it's, it's the ambiance of Gotham, which another thing I get to is I love Gotham city in this movie because it is a character in itself. Cause when it is quiet, you are hearing Gotham. 
Um, I, I know they took from uh, some inspiration from the movie Seven, where it's always raining. Like mm-hmm. if it's quiet, it's raining, or you hear cars driving over the, the wet the wet road. Like it's never silent. You just hear. Gotham. Yeah, it's just like you said. It's the ambiance of the city, and it, yeah. it gives so much character to those silent moments. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so starting off right, we get a really nice, very hand to hand combat, um, down and dirty bat fight with this gang and then from there he heads into um bat cave we get a nice view of this uh i guess like light version of the bat cave it's not massive yeah it's not the the bat cave that we know from the comics yeah it just it's under wayne tower which is where he lives as well Mm-hmm. So, which is kind of cool. Like, it makes sense because it's like we don't need the old school. Like, I live in a mansion off on Yonkers, kind mm-hmm. of a thing. And like, you know, the X Man that was a uh, the X Mansion, Charles Xavier's school. school of Rock. Um, <laughs> what, school what of Rock. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, it's not like that. I like this kind of kind of reminds me of, of Dark Knight, where yes. after his house burned down, he started doing his Batcave stuff close by in a, in a hangar near the city. Um, I wanted to throw in an Easter egg before we keep going. So, you know, the, the, in the, the kid, uh, in the, uh, the gang member, but he was the kid with the half, half his face. Mm-hmm. So a little Easter egg. Uh, he's uh, Tim Drake in the Titan show. Ah, yeah, that's pretty dope. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. So, so yeah, so then we get to see the Batcave. We get to see Alfred come in. Um, at this point, the the Batmobile isn't a thing yet. You see him kind of working on the engine a little bit, uh, and then we get introduced to the main villain, Riddler. Well, that happens first before he goes into the cave. We we see uh, the Riddler. That's the first scene. Riddler spying on the mayor. Oh well, yeah, 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 yeah. Before we get Batman, but yes, um, if we, if we're looking at the movie in order, yes. Mm-hmm. But I was thinking we talk about that, and then we talk about the Riddler at a like. Mm-hmm. But uh, what I was going to ask you because you mentioned it, what what did you think of Alfred? I liked him. Yeah. He was very much like a down to earth Alfred, uh, mm-hmm. very similar to the Alfred from um, BVS and Justice League. Uh, yes, it but not as like, quippy though. Yeah, like, not I guess he has those vibes, which mm-hmm. I I did like. I like all the Alfreds, um, because they fit that role of in that universe that they're in. Mm-hmm. Yes, um, exactly. Yeah. The Alfred reflects the universe for sure. And Andy Serkis as Alfred, I mean, he's fantastic. He we right? don't deserve him. People people and... say they didn't really care for him. Like, there are a lot of podcasts and articles out there saying like, yeah, I guess it's because he wasn't there in the movie that much. But there's I a. We'll we'll get to why he's not in the movie that much, but I think he he had a lot of gravitas as Alfred, and he delivered. Because mind you, and this is the thing I keep telling people: it is his second year, and we're not seeing an Alfred who's still he's still not down with what uh, Bruce is doing. Yeah, like he's and, just reluctantly helping him. Yeah, and he is just trying to be a father figure because he doesn't know how to be a father figure, or but he's trying to be because he has to fill that role. Which what and I they don't like. really have a system set up yet. Like they're just kind of like, like uh, Bruce Wayne at this point is just kind of just doing it. Yes. Like 
there's no real system. There's the back it, computer is a thing, but it's not like he's having Alfred man the computer while he's out. Exactly. It's no, it's very much this is street level Batman. He's still figuring out the ropes. Um, but that being said, I think Andy Serkis did a really good job. You know, he's you know, the accent is already a part of him, so yeah, he has a leg up on everyone. Yeah. So but I also think he did really good because it's a younger Alfred, so he's kind of mad at him. Like he's kind of mad at Bruce for most of the time because yeah. he's upset. Or that not mad, Bruce, disappointed. Or disappointed, yeah, because yeah. Bruce is putting himself through all of this like torment at this point for two years, and there's no end in sight. He has no ambition to to carry out like a real life. Wayne, and Alfred Wayne sees that, and he's upset that like this is the role that he's taken. And even though he's upset, he's still helping him out. You know, there's a line in there where um, you realize that Alfred was the one who taught Bruce how to fight. And he also, you know, mentions his time in the um, in the army, the British army. And, you know, it's I, I think he filled out the role. Well, again, he wasn't in the movie for too long. Like he's technically in it the entire time, but he doesn't have a lot of screen time. But just in his body language and the way he kind of owns the scene when he's in there i like that yeah exactly he owns the scene and like to down to the cane the demeanor like he you know he was he was war torn you see the battle scars on his face from his like realistically like we always got this clean cut Mm -hmm. um alfred that's like you know i was in the army and i'm like there's no battle scars and then he yeah uh it's funny because he uh, i don't know because he has this kind of a hint of Cockney uh, accent where he's like a street brawler um, yes. and teaching that to Bruce. That's why he get you can see that reflect in uh, Bruce's uh, fights. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a line also that Bruce throws. Um, and like I said, we don't need an origin story like Batman Begins um, because we already got it. But it's like, you know, he's trained elsewhere as well because he said, I, I thought I trained myself to be yeah. not afraid. So that you can tell that he's trained in other parts of, I guess, his anatomy and and mentally. Uh, well, that's his anatomy as well. But um, yeah, it's no. it's physical and mental training that he's yeah. put himself through in yeah. order to fulfill his duty. Yeah, I I, I really yeah like Alfred was great. Um, I felt for him because um, he was really trying, and that's the only way he knew how was to train him. But yeah. he, he's like, I probably did it wrong. But like. He's not a he's not a dad, I guess, in this universe. Because I know like Alfred in the comics has like a couple kids here or there, but yeah. in this universe, I don't, he doesn't have other family besides Bruce. Mm-hmm. And so that was beautiful. You know, it was just I think he did a great job, and you know he's, and he even says it. Alfred said it in the movie that he was kind of like left with Bruce. Like, he wasn't ready to be a father to Bruce. He didn't know how to be that father figure, but he's trying his best, and he's doing what he can to help him out. So, and, yeah, you know, you kind of got that kind of, like, streetwise, a little more grisly um, Alfred opposed to that clean cut that we're so used to. But at the same time, he still presents himself in class, and he's able to fulfill his butler duties, you know, and you see him... At, at one point, he's like opening mail, listening to classical music. He's dressed very nice. And it's just him home alone at night, you know, doing his butler stuff. And, yeah. You know, the I business. Think, yeah. Like, that's the business part of him. And, you know, I just think uh, I think he did a really good job. I'm I'm happy with his portrayal. And yeah. I'm sure we're going to get to see more of him as this Batman trilogy unfolds. Um, but, 
moving on to the next character that we kind of get uh, introduced to is the Penguin, Colin Farrell's Penguin. Yeah. So as we go on, uh, Batman finds himself. Well, he goes first as Batman, right? He's Batman the entire movie. So just remember that. The only time you don't see him as Batman is when he goes to the funeral, and then he's going to see. Uh, well, he also Alfred. goes back to the 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 Penguin's Club as Bruce Wayne later. But that's later. Yeah. So, <laughs> so it's it's rare. So if any, you can just assume that when he's doing certain things, he's Batman. He's Batman. Yeah, that's true. Jay Jay brings up a good point. Robert Pattinson is Batman for I would say ninety percent like, of this yeah. movie. Yeah. Because the re- then the rest of it, he's Bruce Wayne, and it's almost a little jarring when he's Bruce Wayne. Um, because you. And why just is that? So, I, may I ask? So I I say it I think because I know him as Robert Pattinson, and when he is Bruce Wayne, he's you know again this is the first time we're really getting like that young, moody Bruce Wayne, mm-hmm. and you know I'm seeing him kind of like as an emo teenager, which you is know he's on purpose, he, uh, yeah, yeah, and it's on purpose. You know he's he's pale because he's literally never in the sun. He's you know his hair's a little like greasy because like a uh, Green Day. Yeah, like Green Day, he's always wearing like heavy black eyeshadow because you know to hide his eyes in the in the face, uh, in the cowl. And so when he takes off the cowl and he's just there, he's so he's moody. You know, he's a moody guy. He's young. He's he's still holding on to this, and I'm sure we'll see him kind of let go. But he's still holding on to this grudge, and you can see it. He's not taking care of himself. He's a shut in, and he's skinny. Well, he's not. He's he's not skinny, but. He's not the big Bruce that we know. Yeah, like he's not. Like, yeah, he doesn't he's look not like Rick. Ben Affleck. He doesn't look like no. Chris Nolan. He doesn't look like Keaton because he's not taking care of him. He does have muscle though. He's yeah. just not big. And yeah, I'm not. not I, that's not even a bad thing because it makes sense for what's going mm-hmm. on in that year. So yeah, and I think you know, and we'll get into the ending. I think moving forward, we'll see him grow in the Bruce Wayne role. Yes, because he's he's not. You know, he's a he's a recluse right now. Right, he's he's a shut in. No one sees him, and um, later on in the movie, when he makes his first like public appearance in years, everyone's freaking out and yeah. because they haven't seen Bruce Wayne. Yeah. So, anyway, getting back to it, uh, Batman makes an appearance at the Penguins Club. He needs to go get some info and he great goes, fight scene. I, I, oh, that fight, fight scene, scene is fantastic. Reminds me of uh, Dark Knight when. Uh, well, uh, uh, Christian Bale's Batman goes into the club to go. I think it was Falcone as well. Like, I think he just yeah. wants to go and he just goes into the club and beats everybody up. Same vibes, which was great. It was so, that fight scene is so good. I must say, so the bouncers at the door of yes. the Iceberg Lounge are the twins, right? That's what they yeah. refer to them as. And I feel so bad for them because this is the first of like 20 beatdowns that they get from the batman they get utterly destroyed by this man and you just see them like when they come back they get they have bruises yeah their faces are just mangled by the end of this movie um and i wonder because they they had a pretty big role in arkham asylum video game there are these two russian twins that like they both have one arm and they were like muscle for a bad guy, like for one of the villains or whatever. Well, I think those were like uh, NPCs. There was a lot of one-armed characters, but in in certain iterations, there are one-armed twins uh, as well. 
Um, and then depend like again, depending on the iteration, there are female twins as well that are uh they're good at hand to hand combat. Yeah. But I'm trying to recall the, the Arkham one. It's just there were so many one armed There so in Arkham it might have been Arkham City actually. They're um they're like a mini boss and it's they're hammer and sickle, they're Russian, one of yeah, them has yeah. a hammer, one of uh, them. Okay, has now sickle. I remember. And they're huge. They're just big guys, they're muscles, they're you know, they're they're tough guys for a bigger villain. So I'm wondering if that's an homage to them because I feel like having twins is like you're shining light on actually having two twins. So it was a little I yeah. it could be an Easter egg, it could not be, but I, I would I say uh, like I said, I think just the idea that they're twins is just the nod that those there are twins that always accompany the penguin. Like yeah. if you ever remember the uh the Batman in um the kids WB show, mm-hmm. um penguins Two, two twins were female, like Asian. They had a yeah. kabuki mask, and they were female. And they were twins. They and he called them yeah. the twins. So it, I think it's just a nod that he is accompanied by it, twins. It, it could That's definitely, all, yeah. That. I think you're um, right. But speaking of that, I thought like when he's going through the fight scenes, and you know, you notice, especially in the first part when he fights, they people shoot at him and they just bounce mm-hmm. off. He does feel it. He's not like walking it off. He gets shot. He feels it. Um, and you see it too. You see the reaction. Like you see the ricochet. Shot. Yes. And like he's like, he's, like, he's taking he damage. Back. But there's um, one. Point obviously, where... he has plates on, so it's not killing him. But you know, every, any real person, if you're getting shot, you're gonna feel it, regardless yeah. of what armor you have on. Yeah. And I thought it was really cool that there was a point he got shot in the head, and then it was mm-hmm. like weird. But um, for me, it was weird because I was like, yeah, once you get shot in the head, like that must be some strong cow. That's a strong cowl because that would have just knocked you out, kept you alive, but knock you out um but like yeah, i like said uh, like i said to you the in one of our last episodes when i gave a light review on the batman um my favorite part of like cobblepot just coming up he's like take it easy sweetheart and i was it like it was such a good line it was, it was it, so you know, good. like colin farrell does penguin well not well great yeah no he he killed that that role and then right after that we get that little iconic line from him we get introduced to Selena Kyle, who yes. is working in the club, and the club the club is owned by um, Falcone, mm-hmm. right? Falcone, Falcone. So it's you know one of the major mobsters in Batman lore. He makes his appearance again, and he owns the club. It's it is the Iceberg Lounge, yeah. And it's like what there's you a call club it? within a club. Yeah, there's a club. It's called Forty Four Below. Yes is like the club within the club and that's where like the city's elite gather they do drugs there's girls um but the iceberg lounge is a thing and it's in like an old fish packing thing on the docks yep just like it it historically was uh so that was fun we get to see uh zoe kravitz taking on selena kyle and batman ends up spying on her for a little bit trying to get some info from her then we see her don the cat suit and become Catwoman for a little while. And the thing is, I don't think she and she doesn't. Res, res, uh, what's the word I was looking? At? She doesn't refer to herself as Catwoman. No. She doesn't. She's not called Catwoman. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm sure that she. It's a subconscious thing. The way she's dressed is very cat-like. Mm-hmm. Um, at well, some everything you got to like yeah. the nails. The nails. She's drinking milk in the scenes. The way that she moves, like so she very elegantly, like a cat. Yeah, like 
Um, Everything about her. So speaking of fight scenes, we're kind of like jumping a little bit, but like whenever she fights, it's very cat-like. That was what I told you once Mm -hmm. before. Like there was a point where it seemed so cat-like. I I had to say it was CGI because I was just like, it was, but then it could have been because it could have been that. It could have been, she could have definitely trained for that, like that sequence. It was really Mm -hmm. well done, especially when they meet for the first time when, um, so long story short, Catwoman has to go, is protecting this uh uh one of the it's girls her yeah her roommate because uh she is linked to the mayor that the riddler killed in the beginning of the movie let's just say that spoilers everyone she's another girl that works at the club at the yeah at and um basically she has to go go to the mayor's uh mayor's home which they you know closed off by with police signs um she goes in there to steal the passport back and that's where Batman and her meet, for, like meet for the first yeah, time. Yeah, face to face. Um, but speaking, but what I love about Bruce Wayne when he, the reason he's so quick to change, because that baggy suit is the bat suit. Yeah, he just like inverts everything, and that's why mm-hmm. he's just in it, so he could just pile it off. If you, if anyone remembers seeing the trailer, if you haven't seen it, or if you recall, it's just all rolled up into a hoodie, mm-hmm. which is smart. Like. It you is. always think like he has to have like a suitcase or his car <laughs> brings him his thing. Like no, he, this is this is the gritty seven esque like in a in a city like this, and th- that's how it works. That's how the suit works, and I love. Yeah, it. it's incredibly practical because, like exactly. we said, like he has technology, he has money, and all this, but he's still trying to figure everything out. Exactly. I think the most sci fi thing in there, which is in the comics as well, which I love in uh, the. Uh, uh well not zero year court of owls he had the contacts the contact yeah. as a computer uh which is wild when it came out it was like back in 2011 like that mm-hmm. that idea uh in in the in the batman books and now as in reality like in this reality that's a conversation that yeah. people are trying to make done so like now with a movie pushing that forward what i love about movies and tv is pushing these ideas and people try to do them for real but yeah the high sci-fi thing in that movie is the contact lessons i think yeah. that and his back computer yeah that's it and the computer isn't even like it's not like a big screen it's not super it's, decked out it's literally a windows xp yeah, like it's, like a, it's a chunky laptop because at one point he brings it with him so oh, he yeah, has like a monitor set up in, in the Batcave, but yeah. he also has like a mobile Bat computer that's just like a laptop. And I'm sure uh, it's like super modified too, so that's why yeah. it's so chunky like that. But it doesn't look like the sleek, crazy Bat gadgets that we're used it's, to. It's and not it's, a MacBook Pro. <laughs> yeah, and it's it's nice. And like Jay said, the most high-tech thing are these contact lenses that act as like mini computers, recording device, and like a video capture thing all in one. So that also them, carries like people's information, which is wild. Yeah. It's also like linked to a computer network and he can like ID people if he looks at them long enough. Um, very similar to like Batman's uh, cowl in Arkham, in the Arkham games, how yes. he has different like When you go into detective modes. modes. Yes. So it's not so much that he has a filter over him, but when you look then he kind of like he has a feed to the back computer and on the back computer is where these things are showing up yeah so he always he wears it all the time and uh what were you gonna say jay sorry no i was gonna say like speaking of that 
the one thing that I loved, and I said this to you before, when he's going into rooms and he's doing his detective work, he's recording mm-hmm. everything. It's very mm-hmm. Batman-like, but it's like Batman doesn't just walk in there. He's like, what do we have here? Yeah. Oh, we, it seems like we've got another dead body. He's very stoic. He walks into the room. He has, like, you can see him, like, I'm going to use a one-piece term. Like, he's using hockey to push everyone <laughs> out. If you don't get the term, go watch and read One Piece. But he's, like, pushing everyone with this, like, spirit pressure. And people are just like, oh, my God, it's the Batman. And he's just doing his detective work. And I love it. Yeah, it's just uninterrupted. And like Jay said, he's looking at everything and it's all getting recorded and stored in the back computer, right, through these lenses. And later on, he reviews fights. He reviews the people that he saw. He'll review, like, the, the crime scene in one in one instance. And it's just such a great way to kind of dig into the detective aspect because, again, younger Batman, he's still learning the ropes, and he's learning to be super observant. So in the moment, he's seeing all of these things, but then, you know, he also has the ability because these contact lenses are recording everything. He has the ability to go back and do a double take on everything that he did and saw. Yeah. So, yeah, when he breaks down those crime scenes, it's so nice. He's just standing there. He's looking from thing to thing. It's it's yeah, I love that. And he's not perfect. It kind of like just doing that, like it's such movie magic to Mm -hmm. display this skill that Batman always has. Like that's something I don't think I don't ever, ever seeing in a Batman movie that he's actually doing detective work. Yeah. Um, I think that to me, that's movie magic to give you this high sci-fi device for the character. So he can actually do detective work kind of reminds me of uh, Spider-Man homecoming. How do we get him to talk to the audience? Like how, when you're reading it in a page, when you hear Mm -hmm. his dialogue, he talks to Friday. Oh, not Friday. Uh, who is Spider-Man talking to in Homecoming? It's not Friday. It's not Friday. It's Maria Hill's voice, isn't it? No, not Maria Hill. It's no, wow. but isn't it the same actress? Or am no, I... it's uh, Paul Bettany's wife. She was in uh, the, uh... the uh, Hulk, the original Hulk movie, and I'm like forgetting. Oh, anyway... Evangeline Lilly. No, someone else because she's she's Wasp. But look, I digress. Oh, not that. Uh, yes. I know. Yeah, I it's, digress. Um, but what I mean yeah, is, is just anyway. like the fact they can do this movie magic to actually have Peter talking out loud because mm-hmm. it's just that's such a comic book thing. So the fact that they can have him do this detective work, the only thing they're missing is the one that we don't get the inside uh, thought process of, of Batman. So he does narrate in the movie. So we get mm-hmm. those, but we don't get that. Um, in the moment, like in the detective, like he doesn't say things in his head that we as an audience are privy to, which I wish they did throw in there. That probably would have gave me like that 10 that I need. I feel like it would have been a little too detective noir e if they no, did well, that. And I, I feel like it would take away. Like keeping the stoicism uh, on there. So like someone says something um, and then he said, like he kind of does do it. Like when they're trying to figure out the Riddler's uh, first mm-hmm. riddle, like what does a liar do? When, and then he says the, but he says it later. So it's such a delayed uh, response, like stuff like that. It it works, but I'm not saying it's a bad thing. It, it still works, and I loved it. Um, yeah, just watching him be the Batman in a room, because like you could see it on everyone's faces too. Like the people that are cataloged the crime scene, the other cops, everyone's just kind of like. 
They don't and they don't like him. Most of them. Yeah, don't they don't like, like him. him. They're just staring at him like, what is happening right now? Because nobody knows what's going on in his head, and the only one that trusts him is Gordon. So, you know, he's just around a room being Batman and looking at things and catching stuff that they miss, and then solving the riddles right in front of them. Yeah. So such a show off. So, yeah, he was a show off, like, but like not who are you? Just like he's just that good. It's like oh, he's show off. Speaking so, of Gordon. Great. Yes. Gordon. I Fantastic. love the what's, buddy cop. What's that movie. actor's name again? Jeffrey Wright. Kidding. Jeffrey Wright. Such a great such a good job. And the buddy cop thing with Batman was great. I, I think that was the one thing that, like it wasn't the Nolan movies, but the fact they were like together. Yeah, it everything. was just kind of like like in the Nolan movies, like he was there and Batman would fill him in on stuff. But in this version, they like, were actually taking yeah, him and together. Bruce are together in many scenes, and it's almost honestly, it kind of reminds me now that we're talking about it about seven again. Like yeah. it has that feel of like the grizzled old cop, the younger guy, they're trying to break down this thing. The older guy has like these notions of like, I've seen shit like this before, I know what I'm talking about, and the younger guy's kind of like, Oh, well, look at it this way, and it's they play off each other very well. You could tell that there's a really big trust between them, and it even gets I, tested later on in the movie. I love the scene, uh, and I think the scene you're talking about is when they're in the in the precinct. Yeah, and then I love Jeffrey Wright's face when he goes up to the back. So, just so I can set this up for you guys, so something happens. Or not something happens. I'll tell you. Spoiler cast. So there's a bomb. So. Batman, uh, Bruce Wayne goes to a funeral for the mayor. He shows up, and it gets interrupted because uh, I think a DA is, got caught by the Riddler, and he's strapped to a bomb, and it blows up later on at night when Batman shows up. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Batman is carried to the precinct, which that to me is a little plot hole, but uh, I'll get to that. Um, he's carried to the precinct and then wakes up startled because someone tried to pull off his mask. And um, Jeffrey Wright's Gordon was like, yo, give me like a minute. Like, let me talk to him real quick. And I just love his face, like the muscle, like his facial muscle. He gets up in his face. He's like, and he's, and then I was like, he's not going to press Batman, but he's like lying. He's just like, (laughs) he's like, you got to get out of (laughs) here. Like, and just to show that, like, he's being tough in in front of the the other cops. And he's like, you're gonna punch me in the face. You gotta find. No, he doesn't say. It. He says, you gotta. We just just take this key. He's like, you gotta hit me and take oh, these keys and then go keys. to the roof. Yeah. And I was just like, ugh, that was and great. Batman hits him. He so he hard. didn't even hold back. And then later on, he's like, yeah, you you should have told you like you should. He's like, that was me holding back. I was like, Bro. yeah. He's- <laughs> he still felt it coming up those stairs. He was like, what, dude? It was. And then we got. Uh, Jay, you had told me about this scene before, like again referencing that he's a younger Batman. It's still not all together yet. Oh, when he gets to the roof, when he gets to the roof, and he, you know, he doesn't have wings. Well, he He doesn't. He doesn't. He doesn't use his cape. Yeah, he doesn't use his cape. Like he has the cape and it's there, but it's not functional. But what I do like is he's able to kind of he hits like one or two cords, right, and it tightens his his suit, Mm -hmm. and then he. It like undoes his wingsuit underneath, and I was like, "Oh, that's so freaking smart!" So he has a wingsuit, he preps it up, and then he jumps off and kind of flies through the city. But he gets kind of like caught off guard when he gets to the roof. So he gets to the roof and he has to he like hesitates and he's like, "Oh crap!" So then he has to set up that his wingsuit like, and then like, go. 
The and it's like you can there. tell he's, he's still making mistakes or he's still not 100% comfortable doing everything. He's not. So, and then he yeah. does the wingsuit flight and he goes through the city and stuff. Um, and then he crashes. He crash lands. It's not a smooth landing. It's hard. Yeah. It's almost like, um, I mean, I've never done it, but I've seen like in movies and stuff. When parachuters come down, it's not really a graceful landing. Like they yeah. hit. Hard but the and thing then... is, he did it too close to the landing. You're supposed to do it earlier. Because even though if you do a parachute landing normally, it is not grace. It's it can be graceful, but it's still a, a strong land. But like he did it too late, and it was because he was going between a bridge and a bus. And then when he pulled it, got caught on the thing. He hits the bus, and lands on the floor. Yeah, and I he my, hard too. He hits it hard. So. One thing I was meant I was gonna go back on. I was gonna mention it before, but I was waiting for this part. Was uh, I thought this would have was gonna be the scene where he had to call Alfred, but he doesn't call Alfred at all for like yo, I need your help. And I think that's because he's still in this, like, like this teenager. Like I'm gonna do my own thing. Yeah, he, like, he's still rebelling. Off. He walk. Yeah, he's rebelling here and he walks it off. But he's like, that was a hard fall, and I was like, yeah. Are we gonna get up from that. <laughs> Again, sound effects, people. Also, kind of backtracking really quick to when the DA explodes. All these things are being orchestrated by the Riddler, right? He yes. kills, he kills the mayor in the beginning. Then he he tracks down this DA and you know puts a bomb because on they're it. Doing, they're explode. doing bad things as well. Well, they're they they're known for doing bad things. Yeah, so they're lying to the public. There's like a bunch of shady stuff happening in Gotham's underbelly, um, and it involves uh, Bruce's parents. Martha and Thomas Wayne, but the one gripe, and I had told Jay this before, one gripe that I had with the movie was when that bomb explodes, Batman is directly in front of it. Like he's right in front of the bomb and it explodes. Obviously his suit takes the brunt of it and his helmet and you can see the damage. Like there's yeah. like battle damage. There's wearing yeah, especially in the precinct. Yeah, and his yeah, when they do the close up in the precinct when the guy tries to take his mask off. So you can see the wear and tear on his mask and everything, but his like lower square region Exposed of his mouth, mouth, yeah, there's no cuts or scrapes. And that was one thing that I immediately it pulled me out. And I was like, oh, and for that and that alone, that's why I'm giving it a 9.5. I so can't the, give the it point a 5 is because of the face hole. <laughs> Yeah, because that kind of no, stuff is detailed. No, no, I, I totally understand that. And you know what it is? I I would love to give them the benefit of the doubt as they were doing all the, like, with Matt Reeves, everyone with the continuity. Because, like, there are certain things, like, I think continuity was really good. I would let mm -hmm. them slide on this because it's like, it didn't bother the, it didn't mess with the story. No, it doesn't mess but with like, the story. But it does all. take you out of it. Like, yes. I wasn't bothered by it the first time. I noticed it and I was like, all right, cool. But then the fact that you're probably you're the second you're the only person that that has mentioned that, um, but I'm happy that you mentioned it because I know that I'm like I'm not weirded I'm not the weird one noticing something that small, but yeah, people it, if we if we were a bit to pick it up other people are picking it up exactly and it's understandable and that's the one thing that broke immersion for me in this mm. entire movie yeah. most like the rest of the movie I was invested in yeah. and fine I lived in that world I was enjoying the story and when I saw that. You know, after the explosion, they close up on his face um, in the precinct when that cop is trying to take his mask off. You see the damage on the mask and the suit, like I guess the the shoulders up. 
But there's nothing wrong with his chin. Yeah. And then, like, if I were to go back and see it, and I'm just trying to replay the scene, and I have a feeling I'm putting a scene from my own personal brain, is that when he he does put his hand up covering his mouth, like like this. But Mm. that's just me making an excuse for the movie, which you shouldn't do as an audience member. But if that's the case, because, look, if if his cowl can take a bullet, I'm sure his arms covering his face. Like I said, I'm probably making it up because I've only seen it twice, and that was a couple weeks back. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm gonna assume because he covered his his mouth hole. Um, but yeah. Um, oh, and I just want to say this as well. We talked about how like the Riddlers are orchestrating these things. This is a this is a mystery slash noir thriller kind of a thing. It it plays as a whodunit, but it's not a whodunit. Yes. We know who's doing it. Uh, we. We didn't know where the Riddler came from till the movie tells us, but and I told Justin this in the in our last or a few episodes ago, whenever that episode came out. Um, this is just the Riddler pulling the strings, a uh, 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 stray hair of Gotham, and pulling at the seams, mm-hmm. and just disrupting the order that was created by these bad people, these mobsters, these corrupt cops, these corrupt politicians, and. Um, Basically, just to give you more, so we're going to kind of like, I'm getting into the Riddler right now, but the Riddler is basically a poor man's Batman. Um, He sees Batman because he has all these uh, gadgets and, uh, what's the word, Uh, tools that he doesn't have access to, uh, the Riddler. He he puts on uh, some green tarp suit and he does what he can with with his uh, knowledge, his his, uh, intelligence. And he's just trying to do what Batman's doing, but on his on his level. And then he sees Batman and his partner. So when people tell me like, hey, I thought the twist, in, I didn't see it as a twist and turn. I didn't think there was any twists. Maybe there was a twist here and there. But I think it was just a story being unraveled. And this is not a Batman story. This is a Gotham City story. Yes, Batman is just a vehicle for us, and we're just taking, a, we're just going along for the ride. Yep, so exactly. that's how yeah. I see it. I think I think that's a hundred percent right. Batman is literally just a way for the audience to watch the story unfold, because the entire thing, like Jay said, it's the Riddler. You know, and we don't find this out to the end, but the Riddler has kind of idolized Batman and likes that he's exposing like bad people in the underbelly. So the Riddler, you know, he's really a nobody and he knows, you know, he's an extremely smart person. So he knows that there's more to Gotham. So in his attempt to expose it, he's just killing a bunch of people doing it terribly right the difference between him and batman being like batman has this moral compass and riddler does not riddler does not care who dies what happens to the next person as long as the truth comes to light whereas batman he wants the truth to come to light he wants to do good but you know he has to stay within operating code as you say that now i'm thinking but he he only kills the people that deserve it i don't think he messes with innocence Innocent people. I mean, at the very end, he floods Gotham. Well, at the end, yeah. So, <laughs> spoiler alert. Uh, he he does. So he doesn't. So he it's doesn't, inadvertently, but he it he knows what he was doing. But um, and it, I think no, I, I was talking to a friend about this. So 
kind of we're jumping at the end, but we'll we'll get through what we liked and parts of the movie. We'll get to the Batmobile too. I know you guys are waiting for the Batmobile scene, but like he floods the city at the end because you know at this point uh, he sees Batman as incompetent because he's like you're not as smart as I thought you were. Um, he floods the city, but the way he sees. He kind of does like a, a Noah's Ark story. Like he sees yep. Gotham is just a dirty, dirty place, a, a Sodom and Gomorrah. And he's like, we need to bless the city again by flooding the entire city. Just flood everything out. How do you get rats out of there? So these places flood everything. And he, he does that. And it's very, and it's, it's very biblical if you think about it. Yeah. So like he that. does that. And it's like innocence, innocence or not. It's basically what God did in the Bible. Mm-hmm. So... I, yeah, I he puts that. himself as this savior figure. That's really what it is. He he sees himself as he the does. savior of Gotham. Yeah, right. And he thinks that it's his duty to watch out kind of a thing. These, yeah, it's his duty to to make this change. And you know, the whole flooding thing. Before we bounce back to where we were, the whole flooding thing. You know, he it was kind of like a contingency plan. So he had it set up before you know batman finished all the riddles yeah and then batman still didn't know it like didn't know about that aspect and then that's when riddler kind of like freaks out and is like i thought you were smarter than this because he would have he would have stopped it too yeah not when i'm thinking like he had time he had more than enough time he just didn't know that that was another part of the plan yeah you know and Riddler freaks out he's like i thought we were partners i thought we were working together because every time the batman got involved with the riddles like, yeah, he solved it, but the person died, you know, and it was because of Batman's involvement in these riddles and in these cases that the person would die. The only exception was for the mayor in the beginning. Yeah. But the other two that he kills, it's directly because of Batman and because he's there trying to save them. But he's yeah. falling into like the Riddler's plan and Riddler's has this weird twisted way of thinking where he thinks the batman is helping him get his goal yeah what um, i love is that like and i'm just it's not even a reach this is just me putting it together batman is not the dark knight because a knight can do certain things he is a pawn in the red riddler's game i mean yeah. bars <laughs> but yes definitely so getting back to the actual story right he we covered the crash um Ooh, I think the Batmobile is next, right? Isn't that the next thing that happens? So yeah. no, no, him and him and Catwoman team up. They try and get some information. Catwoman ends up kind of like leaving him because she has her own agenda. Yeah, to save her or find out her friend where her what happened to her friend. Yeah. So she has her own agenda, pieces out. Come to find out during the story um, that she is the illegitimate daughter of Carmine Falcone. And you know, Which, it, was, it just, was a reminder because I, I like knew that but forgot. And I was like, oh shit, that's right. <laughs> yeah, like her her mom worked in the club back in the day. He, you know, fooled around with her, got pregnant, had a kid. So she grew up in the club. Now Carmine Falcone didn't know that. He didn't know that until Selena Kyle told her, yeah. told him at the end. Um, but going into um after that, I think it was the Batmobile thing, right? He's yeah, chasing so Bat- down so they, they split like Batman and Catwoman split up because they had a falling out, whatever. It's like later on when they find out where uh so where uh Bat Batman and uh Jim Gordon goes to this uh um factory where Penguin is still running these drugs called uh dropheads or whatever they're called. 
Um, well, dropheads are the druggies. Are the drugs? Yeah, that's where they're manufacturing the drugs. Uh, but no, he, those are like the crackheads. They're like they're called dropheads. Isn't it called dropheads as well? I think it's just called drops. Is the drug? Oh, okay. And the people that do them are called dropheads. Oh, okay, because yeah, like I remember the, the 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 logo for it. But anyway, they go like Batman and um Catwoman. Oh, Batman and uh Jim Gordon go there. They confront, or they don't confront. They, there's no action yet. Um, but he finds Catwoman again after they haven't been talking to each other. Catwoman finds the dead body of her friend, which is like, damn, mm-hmm. like, obvi- like it's not even an obvious thing. You would think like, oh, damn, what if she stashed away? But it's mobsters. Like, they definitely killed her. But the way they treated the body is that she's just in the back of a truck, which is very sad. Like, just looking at it, I was like, wow, yeah. that really sucks. Um, she's in the trunk of a car with money. <laughs> yeah, like- with money that's just there, like just a piece of ornament or whatever. And you can see it in uh, Zoe Kravitz's face. Like, she's definitely hurt like wow like and she was her protector which is mm-hmm. she saw that as a failure and i got that from from her her acting yeah. but you know one of the mobsters noticed like two figures and they start shooting at it go ahead and tell me more about your bat bat movie i know you want to gush about it okay so in then ensues there's a shootout a huge shootout and then after that uh penguin tries to get away in a car right so as he's driving through he thinks he's getting away, and then he comes to a stop, and what do we see in the background? A car, headlights flick on, and you hear it rev up, and then he just like – And it does like, It's kind of like an intimidation thing. He it like, does. He goes to peel out, but then he stops, right? So it kind of jerks forward, and you hear it squeal, and it goes like – And then Penguin you know, does his thing. He tries to get away, and we see a full version of the Batmobile, and it's this – gritty like 70s muscle car it has this crazy looking booster in the back yeah it's a combination of the og uh batman yeah. yes uh the batmobile obviously it looks like a real car but that booster rocket thing in the back very reminiscent of like 89 batman animated batman series like the batmobile we we grew we up on that the long car the long car yeah so uh as they go you know they drive through the city bunch of traffic you know Things blowing up, cars are crashing into each other. Then Penguin is able to kind of finagle it where he knocks over this huge oil tanker and it explodes, covering like most of the highway. So he thinks he makes it out and he's like going away. Like, I and got he you. Thinks, yeah, he thinks he got the Batman. He's screaming, he's like, I got you, I got you. And then Batman pulls the craziest GTA stunt that we've Ever. all wanted to do. Right when we've been behind those tow cars, right that have the little ramp, and we're like, "Oh, what if we just freaking floor it and go?" You know, he actually does it. Yeah, flies through the fire. Yes, and rocket boosts into the penguin, messing up his car. You know, he flips a bunch of times. The car finally stops flipping, and then it's upside down. The penguin's looking out the window and. In the distance, he's seeing this huge figure with hell flames behind him, you know, and it's very clearly it's Batman and he's just taking his time and he's menacingly walking towards him. And then he goes to pull him from the wreckage. And because I love and I love that scene because it, it is meant to be intimidating, like, and it is, and it's not like he's. Oh, I can't make it. I'm like, I'm tired. I'm not gonna run. Like it is designed. Like 
I know like this isn't Batman's psyche where he's like, I do this to intimidate. That's why yeah. I'm, it's kind of like, it reminds me of like, and we always joke about this, like why in like monster movies like Jason or the Halloween movies, like why are these people sprinting like Usain Bolt, but mm-hmm. these guys are walking and they're on the other side of town already. It's kind of like that. Like he walks because they know they're going to get you anyway. Yeah. Um, it's what I love about that, what I love about that, especially seeing it from the trailer the first time, it was very, it's very thematic. It, he's an upside down bat like i loved mm-hmm. it because i was just like it's great the cape flowing the like you only see his silhouette the the bright orange red flames in the background it is such a beautifully shot scene and you know you see it from inside the car and you kind of see like penguin's point of view almost yeah. and then you see from the outside perspective and you see the terror in penguin's face like as he gets closer you see he's like screaming more he's like freaking out and yeah it's a very intimidating well shot sequence yeah because in in that moment i was just like oh snap it's gonna happen like <laughs> well, you know, i was just waiting for it speaking of that scene too like the entire chase sequence like so i saw it originally on imax and then saw it again in dolby because like dolby has a lot stronger uh color palette um it, it is really done on purpose because it is hard to see. Like, for, personally for me, uh, mm-hmm. and this is not a complaint. I, I can see why it's done this way because, like, there are certain scenes in the driving, like, it's hard to see, especially it's raining and it's dark. Yeah. Um, most of it, and they call, uh, and I saw Matt Reeves' uh, interview, he calls it dirtying up the screen. And he does it in certain, in certain uh, slow moments where uh, purposely the, the outside of the camera is a little unfocused, but the middle of the screen is focused so you can focus on the person talking. Mm-hmm. So, but in, in the chase sequence, it was just like, it was very dark. Like it was jarring. I didn't know where everything was, but it <laughs> makes sense. Cause if you're the penguin, you're like, Oh my God, I'm driving because there was a point and, and you know, and it's, it's apparent that he's driving on, in, on the oncoming lane. So yeah. Like that's scary in itself. So you're like, what's happening. And then you can see whenever he looks at the, the rear view mirror and he looks back, you just see this menacing car doing these yeah. weird juts. And it's like, Ooh, I'm not trying to get I think- caught. The way that it's filmed, right? It it adds to the chaos exactly. that's happening, you know. And it's exactly. like you're you're freaking out just as the penguin because there's so much stuff happening. There's very little that you can focus on. You're going on like pure emotion and adrenaline, and like you said, in the background, it's just this menacing approaching black car, and it doesn't, and it's scary because like all these like bright cars, and then you just see some like looming freaking hellhound coming after yeah. you. It is like um, it is literally like a bat out of hell. Like that yeah. thing is chasing him down, and it's just keeps getting closer and closer. It, it so, was great. Interrogates Penguin, gives up some information. They're trying to figure out who the Riddler is at this point. You know, Gordon and Batman still don't have an idea on him yet. So go a little further, and they end up going back to Falcon's club, and they're they're able to get. Um, some info on him that you know they're finally able to arrest him right they get some carmine falcone oh oh you're you're going past okay never mind what did i what did i skip uh martha wayne the 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 waynes remember they get information so yeah so we find out that the the rundown orphanage yeah so they go into a rundown orphanage um where they're supposed to be getting some more info on the riddler it's like a part of his riddle and him and Gordon find this like old timey projection. 
and it's showing some reels of Thomas Wayne. And then they're kind of showing mayor, yeah. And yeah, he, he was running promise, for mayor. Which you find out where the Riddler's from. Yeah. And he's actually an orphan that was in that orphanage that was ran by the that was founded by the oh, Waynes. Or yeah. So Thomas Thomas Wayne was running for mayor and he announced the renewal project, which was for Gotham, right? So it's just this big well, stimulus. It was for, to help it the, was city for out. the orphanage, actually, not for Gotham. Because that was going to be the starting point. Well, no, the the he created the the orphanage. Him and Martha created the orphanage, and then the renewal project was for Gotham. It was this big stimulus thing. That was his platform for mayor. It was to build up Gotham again and like put money into it and help with, um, like bringing like bolstering the community. That's what the renewal project was. Yeah, but the focus was the was the orphanage. That's why the Riddler is salty about it because when he explains later that money was now up in the air because it was for the city, but the focus was to start with the orphanage Mm -hmm. because when, when they died, that's when the corrupt politicians and everyone's just took away at it. Yeah. Instead of it for going for the city, they just took it. They just pocketed it. Yeah. So like, like Jay said, um, after the assassination of Thomas and Martha Wayne, the money, damn, (laughs) that's how, (laughs) I mean, they were public figures, right? True. It's still left up in the air. It was kind of like a like if it was Joe Chill or not, but yeah, I, I still I I see it as an assassination too. But I was trying to think it, it was just a, a happenstance thing, but we will never know. We'll never know. So until like movie died, three, <laughs> all this money from the Wayne Foundation is kind of left in limbo, and politician and mobsters go at it, right? And this is when the underbelly really starts to form. At this point, Carmine Falcone was already a thing, but now he has all this money behind him. He gets politicians in his pocket. He gets cops in his pocket. This is when he starts dealing with the actual mayor. And, you know, that's it it gives way to the whole point of like the mayor is really a figurehead and he's in Carmine's pocket. Yeah. So after we find out all this, then they actually go into the club and they're able to bring out um, Carmine Falcone. at, this is also during the time where we find out that, well, Bruce Wayne had gone to the club first before Batman. Bruce Wayne had gone to the club Alfred, first. Oh, so Alfred got hurt because yes. he was targeted. So one of the riddles included, um, and that's why he had left the orphanage, they found out that Bruce Wayne was his next target. So he, the Riddler ended up sending this thing to, to his house and Alfred opened it up. It was bomb blew him up he was fine because he kind of threw it away at the last moment he's in kind of like a, a coma right and he was just was like unconscious for a little while and right before then we find out like carmine falcone so he goes to he goes to carmine first before seeing uh alfred Yes, he goes first before saying alfred he gets the falcone lets him in and knows and lets bruce know that um it was Maloney. His, like his dad was his best friend, like growing up. There there was kind of like this like weird alliance that Thomas Wayne and him had. So we don't really know. Like he Falcone makes point. it seem yeah. Falcone makes it seem like they were really good buddies. And Thomas Wayne wanted to cover up a story about Martha because Martha was institutionalized and he didn't want it to hurt his campaign. So he went to Carmine to kind of 
you know, hush up the the reporter that was going to leak the story. And after you said hush, the, <laughs> after the whole blow up thing with Alfred, you know, Bruce goes to visit him in the hospital and he confronts him on it. And that's when Alfred's like, no, he was like, yes, uh, Thomas was like scared about what was going to happen, but he never wanted to. He never wanted the guy to die. He was like, he went to Carmine Falcone to try and get him to to scare him and to just intimidate him so that he wouldn't run the story because he didn't care about his campaign. He just cared about his wife and he was kind of scared. He didn't, he didn't want her to get any damage. So he didn't really care about the mayoral campaign. It was really just to protect his wife. And I love that because it still held true to the Waynes being actually good. He, he is a per, he is a, a relatable character, even though he doesn't exist in the movie. Like he made a mistake yeah. that unfortunately along down the line, it there, you know, cost them their lives. Um, another thing being a, a character that's not really in the movie, a person that's really not in the movies. I mentioned it before. I don't know if you heard uh, Moroni, who was the other yeah. gang member that wasn't there. So that was the red herring that, um Falcone told Bruce it was like oh it could have been Maroney I think he did it. I think he killed your parents yeah and then after getting the truth it's like hmm now we're at that point where we don't know um and then fast forward to when they uh when Bruce I mean not Bruce Batman gets Falcone out of the club so, so before we do the fast forward Alfred always also hints at the fact that it was Falcone that killed his parents because he said that same night where Thomas yeah, kind of like, alluded to that. Yeah. Yeah. Where Thomas Wayne kind of like cut all ties with the mayor campaign and didn't want to deal with Falcone and all that. He was going to go, apparently he was going to go give himself up to the police and let them in and let them know everything that had happened. So that same night is when they got killed. Yeah. So it kind of leaves it up to like, yeah, just Falcone didn't want this to get out. So meaning that Falcone is the one who actually killed and it, it, and it sucks I, I, I'm kind of jumping ahead but like Falcone dies but he dies with his that knowledge yeah but as an audience but we would never truly know which is like we feel like Bruce now like oh like I want to know like who did this yeah like Bruce misses the chance to get closure so like we said fast forward a little bit Batman goes to the club um, at this point uh, Catwoman, well, Selena Kyle has gone back to the club and is just trying to kill uh, Carmine, Carmine Falcone because she's just had enough. Yeah, she pop. just wants him out. She tells him, you know, that it's his daughter. They have a little scuffle. Batman actually comes in and kind of saves the day ish, but he's he going to bring her from doing something that she would regret. Yeah. So he stops Catwoman from actually killing Falcone, but then he takes Falcone out and to be arrested. As he well, takes, we him- talked about crack practical effects though. When he was going into the club and he got shot up by the the mobsters, by these like AK whatevers. Remember the elevator opens up and it's just mm-hmm. that nice sequence. Mm-hmm. Um, also found out it was all practical effects. Um, but what I so love is that, that fight when scene when it's just in <sighs> and they're shooting at his chest because and it makes sense because the bat symbol is like yes, shoot me here, and that's where the metal gun plate is um the gun uh the gun bat or whatever it's made mm-hmm. out, it's made out of a gun that killed his parents 
But we um, don't know that for sure. They never said that. But that's in the comics. That's why. Yeah. Because in the comics, he melted down uh, the gun and then turned it into like a breastplate and put it under. It's not said in the movie, but that's just the the idea behind yeah. it. But I love that when they shoot him there, it's aiming at his chest because that's why the mm-hmm. bat symbols designed is like to shoot me here, and he yep. just walks and eats them. Like it's you were getting hit by these one shots before, now you're just walking eating those like a tank. It's so cool because it's all happening in the dark, and the only light is the bullets bouncing off of his like metal breastplate. So it's so it's like this cool strobe effect almost kinda, as he's fighting also, down this like, like staircase. A, Exactly. It's kind of like a an extra oomph from that scene in the Dark Knight Return. Oh no, not Dark Knight Returns, Dark Knight Rises. Rises. There was that scene as well where uh Batman was like dodging in the middle of the when he was going to see Bane for the first time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Kind of like, but this is like an extra step up with just the practical effects. Yeah. It was very well done. I also missed uh one thing where the where Catwoman has that guy, like Wrapped up at the top of the tower. Oh yes, yes. So I. That's so when we this, get. That's when we get the truth. Yeah, this is when we get the truth, and um, one of my favorite lines in the movie. So Catwoman had, you know, kidnapped this guy, was interrogating him, wanted to kill him. Bruce Wayne stops him. St- well, Batman stops her from doing that. Mm-hmm. And the best line, right? He was just like, "You." He Batman said something like, "You don't want to ruin your life" or something yeah. like that. Yeah, and she has this guy tied up with this like length of rope, which is like take took the place of the whip that she typically uses. Yeah. She kind of uses this like rope thing like in her combat, and it's a nod to the classic whip that Catwoman has. So she has this guy tied up with this like black rope or whatever. Yeah. So she's gonna kill him. She's gonna push him off the building, and Batman's like, "Hey, don't do anything to ruin your life." And she was oh, like, she was gonna shoot him though. She there was that. Oh, gun. she was gonna shoot him with the gun first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she was gonna shoot him with the gun, and she goes, "It's okay, I have nine. and kicks the guy I off of the it. fucking building. That was a that was a good line. That line, and then she, you know, does her cat stuff down the building or whatever. When she says, "It's okay, I have nine, I was like, "Oh, it was <laughs> delivered." Perfectly. It could have been cheesy too, but it was and it done was, well. It was so badass. Like she said that, and I giggled, and I was just like, mm. <laughs> like it was so. The that delivery, was a good line. I loved it. It was, it was badass. It really was. So moving back, going back to where it was. So Batman's bringing Carmine Falcone out. He ends up getting shot and killed. Right. So before. Carmine Falcone can answer for his crimes and Bruce Wayne could get closure on what happened to his parents. He gets sniped like straight in the chest, like right through the heart. And because of that, the Riddler is found. And he wanted to be. It was part of one yeah. of his riddles. It was actually his riddles. Yeah, like bring him into the light, which was yeah. funny. Batman that was just thought funny. it was a metaphorical thing, but it actually, like Riddler meant it like physically, like real, like bring this person into the light so I can shoot him. Um, whereas Batman was thinking like it was a metaphorical thing of like bring his crimes to the light so people know what's going on. Exactly. So they're able to track him down. They arrest him. Gets thrown in Arkham. Batman goes to visit him, and this is where we find out that the vans have been strategically placed all throughout Gotham to explode. And these vans are right up on. There's like this. I guess like the seawall 
around Gotham because it's an yeah. island, kind of like Manhattan. Yeah. So like there's these bracers that kind of keep the water from obviously flooding. Yeah. And he has all these vans set up. Once they all blow, the seawall comes down and the water can rush into the city and it'll be a massive flood. So, and in doing so, he also created a, I forgot what happened. He it's, created it's, like, like, it's not an insurgency. He, he has a fight. He has 500 followers, right? Yeah. But how did they get, there was something going on where everyone was in Gotham Square Garden, but it oh yeah, because it, that because the 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 other candidate died, it kind of made uh uh, cha- uh Mayor Real uh they made a pun out of her campaign real change. Yeah. Uh, mayor Real was the next mayor, um, and they were gathering there. If that's what you're asking, yeah, it was like a rally for her or something. Yeah, because she no no because she won. She she was she was the de facto was mayor. Like inauguration. Yeah, so like they were just announcing it, and then um, they, yeah, they were all there, and then these pseudo Riddler beings were, you know, these uh, these followers, uh, these uh, they're extremists. The, yeah, these extremists. Uh, if I had another word, but extremists is another one. Yeah, they just follow in the footsteps and decide to. Um, go try and kill her and yeah. luckily um it was not a flesh wound but it wasn't fatal um but they like uh, shot her in the shoulder it was in the stomach i, I remember because i remember seeing it twice it was i was like i thought it was the shoulder the first it was in the, it was like in the stomach but oh, it, okay. it, I, I, I my assumption is that it went through or something but it wasn't fatal like yeah. uh, i was gonna say jim carrey jim gordon um pulled her out out and was able to like kind of dress the room with the other paramedics that were there um, so the whole thing was Riddler planned that everyone was going to be there. You know, everyone in the city was going to be there for the inauguration. And with the flood, whoever wasn't there was going to get wiped out and it was going to push everyone into Gotham Square Garden. Yes. And it was going to basically seal them in there because the flood was still going to come in and kill them all. But at the same time, his followers, these extremists, were all armed and ready to go. They're hiding in the rafters and they started to pick off people. Yeah. In a sense, on top of, you know, they wanted to assassinate the new mayor. Yeah. Um, and and to be honest, it's yes, the uh, Riddler uh, was being a copy uh, of the Batman. But this is those extremists came from the Batman inadvertently because he also just like Selena Cowell, she never addresses herself as Catwoman. Batman never really addresses himself as Batman. He always says vengeance. He's That's vengeance. what he is. And yeah. uh, the city and the newspapers call him Batman. Um, he when one of the ultimately when he f- does his you know third act fighting these bad guys, great sequence by the way. Um, he's fighting one of them, and then I think he takes this like venom kind of like Bane thing. It's really not. It's just adrenaline pump. Or mm-hmm. a syringe, um, he's beating the crap out of somebody, and <laughs> you know, hard. Like it he's like scary. he's not stopping. Which surprisingly, when Jim Gordon stops him and he didn't like try to shake him up, he just stops. And that's how yeah. you know Jim Gordon is in his pocket, not his pocket. Um, his close like commandant. Like yeah. I'm like, oh, I'm not gonna hit this guy. That's my friend, and I love mm-hmm. that. Um, and then he's like, what? And then he, when he lifts the man, he's like, who are you? And he's like, I'm Benjamin. He just looks, he's like, what have I created? Like, yeah. I shouldn't stand for this. And then that's like, by the end of the movie, he's like, I shouldn't be a symbol of vengeance. And I love this. This And in, 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 in this movie in itself, it is an origin story of the Batman symbol, not mm-hmm. the Batman or Bruce Wayne. 
Well, kind of an origin story of Bruce Wayne because we got to we got to he has to turn into the Playboy. Um, but yeah, but it he, was what happened. I was gonna say to your point, it was such an impactful thing because you know that Riddler follower said you know he is vengeance. That's what Batman was saying the entire movie. So you're right, like, and I felt that immediately too. He was like, it was kind of like the oh shit moment, right? Because yeah. it was like, man, like this is because of me and how I've been operating. Yeah. Like I need to be better. So, and with that, you know, he helps like rescue people from the flood and he stops it. He's a good guy. And he's actually there. Like he's being yeah. a firefighter. He's being a, yeah. like he's like moving rubble. He's being he's a citizen. People, like with the paramedics, like he's helping and he's there to help. He's not hiding in the shadows. Like he's there being a symbol of like justice. It's such so, a 180 from the beginning of the movie yep. when that uh, that man was scared of him, the innocent mm-hmm. man. After he saved his life, he was still scared. He's like, "Please don't don't kill me or don't beat me up." And then in the end, you got the kid like, "Don't leave me." It's such yeah. a 180, and it's great. Yeah. It was so it was such a good character development, you know, because yes. it happened so seamlessly. Like you didn't even like unless you're thinking about it after the fact. Like yeah. during the journey, it just seems so fluid like it was just meant to go this way like him growing up because at the end it's like all right i can't be this moody teenager in the dark all the time like i need to be out and around people and helping so i'm assuming in the next batman movie we're probably going to get a little more um playboyish bruce wayne he's trying to figure that out we're going to get a little more polished batman like I think we're gonna see him kind of step up in a way yeah, that we that have and like not just simply be the playboy, but I think he's gonna try. I think he's gonna work on the playboy thing because he still needs to work on himself. He's not because also Bruce Wayne Batman. He's known as you know great detective. He's a good. He's a great uh, master of disguise as well, um, and he's a good actor, like an yeah. like a list actor type stuff. And he needs to be able to fit that role. He needs to figure that out. Um, what was I going to say? So he's going to also try, I'm assuming he's going to try to do charity work and, or yeah. not charity, philanthropy work just to be like, all right, I'm not the Batman. Like I'm trying to help, but then also yeah, he'll as probably, he's going to, I think he's going to step up in both roles as in Bruce Wayne and yes. um, Batman. So Bruce Wayne, right. We have a couple lines throughout the movie from the, Mayor elect, right? Uh, Re- Mrs. Real, and then we also have some lines from Catwoman when they address the issues of Gotham yeah. and how these people of importance can be doing more, right? The mayor straight up tells Bruce Wayne, Hey, you could be doing more. Your yeah. dad did so much, like your family used to stand for something, you're not doing shit, like yeah. you could do way more. Literally, and what then, Alfred was telling him. Exactly. And then uh, in another scene uh, in the movie, Catwoman is talking about the elite, right? And he yeah. ref- she references just like, oh, all these white rich guys are just kind of doing whatever they want. And, obviously and that's what he's know. doing. And that's what yeah. he's doing. And that's what he's doing. She doesn't know it's Bruce Wayne, yeah. but he knows he's kind of taken back. And he's like, oh, that's who I am. Like to the common person, to the citizen, Bruce Wayne is no better than Carmine Falcone. Because he hasn't made himself in the eyes of the people be better. So at the end of the movie, we get this 180 that's just so perfectly written in the story. And we see this growth and we see this realization from Mm -hmm. both Batman and Bruce Wayne 
and it he just needs to do better and yeah. be better. So we also have to touch on this really cool tidbit uh, at the very end, right? When Riddler is put into Arkham Asylum, he has a not a cellmate, but a neighbor in a, a neighboring cell. neighbor that's next so, door. And I thought it was really funny because that neighbor gave him a riddle and then Riddler solved it. So I thought that was really cute how they played off of each other. Um, and then it's funny because they, they don't like each other in the comics. Like generally no. they don't because he's like riddles aren't jokes. So and then they start laughing and then you realize, oh, it's the Joker. So you get you get kind of like glimpses of like you know his face and hair it's that's like silhouetted and yeah. you're only seeing it through and, kind of like and that's why people. i thought it was two-faced initially so i'm happy it wasn't because it wouldn't make sense if it was yeah it, it wouldn't have made sense i'm i would love to see them have a kind of like bad guy bromance and then it fall apart because the joker is like tear like a, a terrible human being right yeah, because in this universe, it kind of seems like Riddler is just trying to do what the Batman can't. Whereas before, we've seen Riddler just either take on the role of a mobster type deal, or the kind of can't be like, I just want to tout just, my intelligence. For, yeah, tout your intelligence, go for money. Yeah. Um, so I, I think this time new. around, you know, he's kind of almost like a follower. So the Joker, being a very intelligent opposite of Batman. Yeah, and opposite of Batman, he can recruit him, do things with him, and kind of use him in his own schemes. So I think that would be kind of where we go next. Yeah, um, I think but, the the but the and we had our like uh, off the record discussion about the Joker. Now I think I don't want to go so deep into this because this could be its own like episode. But like, I. If they're gonna really bring the Joker, which I really don't think they need to, because we have so much there's so so much saturation of the Joker in the last ten years. Um, if he's coming back as a character, um, he needs something to say, just like Heath Ledger had needed something to say or had something to say. While the other Jokers didn't really have anything specific to say, they were just. And when I say they were good Jokers, I specifically mean the possible Jared Leto Joker that we should have gotten that we never saw, kind of saw in the Zack Snyder movie or the Joker, uh, Joaquin Phoenix's Joker. Like there was something that the movie was trying to say, but it didn't really land. If, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, he personal just opinion, a, I, a stronger like motivation. Yeah. I just don't want to see because my opinion, my 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 Joker, like he, everyone loves Heath Ledger because you know, to me, they're just hopping on that bandwagon. My Joker has always been Mark Hamill. Marky Ham Ham. He's he is the Joker. His name spells Arkham. He is the Joker. Um, but like I've always not even the Arkham the Arkham games. Like I always loved the animated. Like he was he was fun with it. Like kind of like it reminded me of like Jack Nicholson. It was great. They all mm -hmm. had something to say. Um. I forget where I was going with this, but like, just don't give me the Joker just to give me the Joker. And then this gets into the conversation of possibly the suits wanting to just put him in there because Joker makes money. Yeah. Um, then you're just losing me because it's not about the story. It's about making money and you're giving me all this cool stuff. I'm happy they chose the Riddler in this because it's like the Riddler now gets kind of like a, a renaissance 
mm-hmm. you know, rebirth of like to tell a new story. Like everyone thinks of either the animated or the Jim Carrey. At least now we got a new Riddler. Yeah, we're like happy with it. I, I would like them to do that again. Honestly, I want them to breathe new life into these characters. And you know, I would like to see someone that we haven't seen in a while. You know, don't give me Bane again. We we got Bane. We have the Tom Hardy one. Like, I, let's see Mister Freeze, right? Oh so like, yeah, I would like, like to see them tackle something. If like they that. go into the the more out of out of this world villains, the, the super villains, let's call them that, the super villains, um, they would have to find a balance on that. Like, if we don't go that route, I can see like a Firefly. We don't need him flying around, but I can see a Firefly. I, can I just see... can't see him holding his own. Like, I can't see him. Being... Oh, no, no. But I don't mean as a main villain. He could be. Yeah. Main, because like I said before, Matt Reeves does well juggling villains or like bad guys. So I think he would definitely be a secondary. Mm-hmm. Um, We were talking about this off the record yesterday. A big bad, Hugo Strange, definitely. Because yep. you have to have someone who has the intelligence to hold that. Yes. Um, Hugo Strange is one of them. Um. If Mr. Freeze can play a top villain or secondary villain being used, and because he's more of a tragic character and yeah. he's not going to, like, he's just doing it for the for what we know is for the his wife. I say let's bring back Arnold Schwarzenegger and let's just do it right Yo, this time. You know what's crazy? I would be so for it because when I saw his acting chops in this uh, zombie movie, and it was not like a Walking Dead type movie, it was mm. like it was a zombie movie, but he had, I think he was like caring for his daughter or something like that. I forget the name of the movie, but his acting chops has risen since uh, Batman Forever, Batman and Robin, no Batman and Robin, Batman and Robin. Yeah, like if and we can do it. We have an aged uh, uh, Mister Freeze. He's like, I've been trying to save my young wife now because you'll see it. Like, he's been trying yeah. to do this for so long. Like, it can work. It can yeah, look at this. I'm writing a story for them already. But I can see that. Like, I, I feel like you joked, but it can work. It could 100%. Yeah. It could definitely work. But okay, let's wrap this one up. Yeah. So, all in all, final thoughts on the Batman, Jay? Like I said, it, it was a great movie. Um, and I think I said it within the recording. He was he was just a vehicle for us. Like it's not a Batman movie; it's a Gotham City movie. Um, and the villains are the origin. And I'm I'm happy that they're doing the spinoff with Penguin because I want to see what he's about. I want to know more about him. I want to know his drive. We know his drive, but I want to actually know it. Um, and like I said, yeah, I wonder I, if he'll be like the because remember the Cobblepots were supposed to be like the other rich family. Yeah, that like failed or whatever. Like, I want to yeah, know so why. I he's, right. be... he's getting back into the ranks by doing dirty deeds and stuff like yeah. this. He's getting back everything. Now that Mar- Moroni and Martin, I believe Moroni's in jail, but Falcone's dead. Like, they're out of the picture. Yeah. He's like the new boss. Yep. So, I like to see that. Yeah, for me, definitely, if you have not seen it, run to the theater and watch it. It was a beautiful you have movie. not seen it and you got to this point in our podcast you're a brave you just want to watch the world burn just like the joker said <laughs> you have to go see it and i it's one of those movies where i recommend seeing it in the theater it is a very big movie it's very and i would recommend seeing it once more like seeing it twice not three times mm-hmm. three times if you want but because it's a long movie i didn't see it three times but see it again just to get let it you wash over you the first time and watch it again just to like, oh, this makes sense to me now. Yeah, a hundred percent. I think that's a the way to go. But like I said, nine point five out of ten on the Justin meter. It's uh, 
it's definitely a don't miss. Yeah. Oh, just <laughs> random random thing. And when seeing it the second time, in the beginning of the movie, the hotel by the uh, the 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 club, the mm-hmm. hotel sign is green because he was there the whole time. Mm, I didn't even notice that. You notice it the second time, and you see him throughout the movie too. Which the only time you clearly see him was in the the funeral, the church. Yeah. But he's throughout the movie. He's there. I was told That's this. So I, I was like, wow. That's awesome. That's great. <laughs> so watch it twice, people. Watch it twice. Yeah. Okay. So as always, I'm Jay Justin Ruiz. And I'm Jay Jeremy Francois. Thank you. Bye. The Dark Knight.